Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask the CEO with Avraham Gatail. Today, I'd like to introduce a very special guest. He is the senior leader, evangelist, and main contributor to the Agile space for Zebia. It is my pleasure to welcome Ajay Kabra. Welcome, Ajay. Thanks, everyone. It's great to have you here, and I'm really excited to be speaking with you today about Agile and Zebia. So Ajay, Agile is a big buzzword nowadays. However, it's not as simple as people may think. What are some of the complexities behind Agile and what might people not understand about it? Uh, that's an interesting question. You know, Agile has been in the market for, I would say, now nearly completing two and a half decades. And interestingly, people have adopted Agile, but they have not adopted in the true spirit of the game. Now, what do I mean by true spirit of the game is that everyone wants to do Agile, but Agile promises or recommends, demands, suggests that, you know, you give the control to people, decentralize your decision making. And that, according to me, is one of the challenges in the game where the senior leadership is afraid of giving controls to the team. And one of the challenges that I've seen is that the management wants everyone to be Agile, but they themselves don't want to be Agile. So what happens is you will typically notice that they would love me to go or organizations like Zebia to go train, educate, coach all the teams, but they themselves will not get coached. Now, what happens? You have a bridge. You have a problem between the management and the team. The team is now agile oriented. They speak that language. They speak the lingo. But now you would typically notice that on the other side of the fence, which is the management, they are still the old school of thought. And that is where the challenge comes in. So as we always say, Agile is more than anything, it's a mindset shift. So unless the cultural shift happens in the mind, unless the democracy has been given, unless the decision-making power is given, empowerment is given to the team, we are more involved in doing a lot of micromanagement. And because of the micromanagement concepts and the way we address people, you know, Agile has not given the amount of success, amount of benefits that it should have provided what it promised to the world. Now, I should be very honest here. There are a lot of organizations in the market that have achieved decent amount of success, decent amount of results, financial ROI, behavior norms, you know, employee retention, employee happiness, doing better jobs, doing good quality jobs, great products been developed by using Agile. But I would say the larger part of the world has not got that benefit for some of the reasons that I highlighted earlier on. Yeah, you know, it's like uh, this uh, mindset, do as I say, not as I do. That's correct. That's correct. Great. So Ajay, what is the right mindset business leaders need to have in order to succeed with Agile? When we talked offline, you mentioned discipline. Can you share some examples of success? Sure. You know, the right, the word right mindset, one of the mindset is that as a business leader, I should be more involved and attached to the outcome rather than how it is done, when it is going to getting done. I need to know from my team, when are they going to deliver? What are they going to deliver? And this is my requirement. Now, what happens is beyond this, my role as a leader should end. And my role as a leader would only come in if my team has an impediment, my team has a showstopper, which nobody can remove, then I should be the person to do that particular job. But what's really happening in the market as a part of the discipline, 
we are destroying the discipline by doing micromanagement by interfering in the team decisions by you know changing the requirements midstream and all those kind of things and that is causing a decent amount of challenge decent amount of problems so when we talk about the discipline i really expect the management to understand what can agile do what agile cannot do and also understand that with agile how and where and what their role will change how they need to modify themselves to fit into the new culture of agile the new ways of working of agile we need to start understanding and appreciating those elements yeah and i really love what you said about the right mindset that our leaders need to have and, and not micromanage so much you know we've all had that experience and i recently had a a uh, situation with a family member of mine who uh, at their job, their manager was micromanaging that person to the point where, um, you know, she was writing code and the manager said, oh, you need to put this statement in the code and oh, and don't use that statement. And then, of course, that broke the whole code. And and then in, rather than speeding up the process, then, you know, uh, she needed to troubleshoot what the manager broke. And then it ended up taking, you know, two more days until the product was delivered. And that's exactly the point that as leaders, we should know what the boundaries of operation should be, where I need to interfere. And I should only interfere if the team wants me to interfere. Otherwise, give the democracy to the team, give the empowerment to the team, give them all the tools, all the funding, all the budget, all the infrastructure, give them your moral support, back them up for failures. Yeah. See, everything is not going to be hunky-dory. Things are going to go wrong. There will be crisis. Allow the team to do things. We need to provide a fail-safe environment. And that's what I call the discipline. That's what I call the mindset. You know, failure is in the today's market with the fast-moving agenda. You know, the stock market is expecting great and phenomenal results quarter after quarter. There is a huge and tremendous amount of pressure on the management to deliver results. Now, there is that kind of a pressure is then transferred on the team to deliver. And that is where actually it breaks down. We need to educate our teams on how to think. We need to give them right trainings, right set of tools, right kind of chemistry has to be built, right environment has to be given, right infrastructure has to be given. And wherever there are challenges, if the team cannot resolve it, that is a place where management needs to interfere. Rather than do a day-to-day -day kind of an environment management, I would love to say to my team, guys, this is what I need. This is where the money is. This is the amount of time. Or you tell me, in this amount of time, how much can you deliver rather than negotiating? Now, one of the challenges that I've seen, and that's a challenge that I've seen over my 33 years of industry career, that whenever I give an estimate to someone, the management reaction, is, oh, that's too much. Can you do it in five days? If I tell them this will take 10 days, can you do it in five days? I would rather ask my team, oh, you said 10 days. Great. Can you help me justify how did you arrive at 10 days? Maybe after listening to all of them, I may be telling them, guys, 10 days looks aggressive. You actually require 12 days. Now, that kind of a mindset is missing in the market. What I see in the market is, oh, you have asked for 10, you get five. So what I see is a lot of organizations, a lot of teams have also become smarter. They start adding buffer into it. That destroys the entire ecosystem. That destroys the entire thought process. So Ajay, one of the ways Zebia sets itself apart as an industry leader in software development is with its customer trainings. What is the right way to train clients in new technology? See, what we typically do is that before we engage any customer, we love to do a diagnosis with the customer. 
you know, it's as simple as you go to a doctor and the doctor will prescribe you a few tests, get these tests, let me see the report, let me see how it works, and then I'll prescribe you the right medicine or the right kind of a doses that you need to take. That similar approach is something that is adopted by Zevia. We love to do and we like to do some diagnosis with the customer, understand the customer, understand their pain points, goals, objectives, vision, how they are currently working, where are, where are they failing, why do they want to do these things, why other things, why the earlier approaches are not working. Now, once we understand that particular ecosystem, that particular game plan of theirs, then it becomes simpler for us to understand and then suggest them a roadmap. Now, there is one very interesting concept that we do is we do not have a unilateral roadmap. We always do something called co-create. Now, what it means as co-create is if I have an ex-customer, I will work with the customer management and then create a plan together rather than a plan and an approach given by us and say, okay, do it. This is what I tell you because I'm the consultant. I would rather engage the customer and then find out because they know their organization better than I do. I'm there only just for three days, four days, five days, 10 days, but they have been living their organization. They know their pain areas. So they are better able to advise me and say, Ajay, what you suggest will work and this may not work. Let's tweak it that way. So we try to do a co-create and based on that co-create, we then do the training. Now, when we do workshops or education, we do it at multiple types. Like one is at a technical level that we teach the team how technically they should be working, what are clean coding practices, what is DevOps, what is continuous integration, continuous deployment, and how to write better code, how to write quality code, those kind of things. But at the same time, we also go and educate the management. Now that you are creating a different environment, now that you are creating a new world, then in this new world, what your role has to be. They have to start understanding that the, the way they worked earlier is not the current way the world will work. You know, 20 years ago, the way I approached, there were different tools, different structures, different elements. The life was very different. And at that, this point in time, you know, with the pandemic coming in, work from home kind of a culture, all of these are changing the landscape of working. And that should also bring a change in our thought process, change in our execution, ensuring that people are getting engaged. So when we do our trainings, when we do our workshops, we take into account all of this and then design the workshops, meeting all these criteria so that there is a value for money and the trainings or the workshops do not become a lunch tea coffee session. There is a value that gets created at the end of the day and a value that can be immediately deployed the very next week in the organization. I was a consultant for many, many years. And one of the things that I found was that when customers are involved and engaged in the entire process, they're usually more successful than when they just say, all right, you tell us what to do. Yeah, you nailed it. That's the approach. And I would also be very honest. I've also seen certain customers who are very extrovert. There are certain customers who are introvert. Now, extroverts, when the customers are extrovert, there is a different amount of challenge that is there because they want to have a say in every matter. <laughs> now, when you have an introvert kind of a customer, your life is very different because now you have to dig information and get. And a lot of times, uh, you know, I need to be really honest. I've at times put some controversial statements so that I can invoke a discussion with them. <laughs> you know, so, and then they start opening up and when they say, no, I'm talking a different, now I'm talking on purpose, a different line. Now, sometimes what I also do is with a lot of my customers, I engineer crisis. You know, there is no crisis, but I create a situation where crisis happens. And then I tell them how to solve that problem. See, sometimes you really have to learn 
by doing it and by demonstrating how it can be done. You know, there is a diff there is a see difference when I stand in a workshop and then give knowledge, and that will be the idealistic knowledge of the world. But then I have also realized real life. <laughs> the real life is very, very different. So that is a place where I actually engineer crisis to now start demonstrating to the team, to the management, to the middle layer of the organization, how this problem has to be solved and how your reaction. And what we typically do is when we do all of this, somewhere by default, I'm recording the entire session and then I played with them and then tell them, you know, this is what you did was not the right approach. You could have addressed it this. And then they start realizing when they see themselves behaving in a different manner, you know, it's like doing a retrospective of your entire job and then say, oh gosh, that was too bad. <laughs> I have seen some great results out of that. And it has really worked as far as Z-Base comes. I'm not saying it's one size that fits all, but it has worked in majority of my car. Now, there was a customer who refused to do video recording and see and that. And we agreed. Then we had to uh, deploy different strategies. So that's what I say. I cannot go and paint the town red, but we have to find different ways, different approaches, because every client is unique. Those problems are same, but every client believes that their problems are unique. But what I have diagnosed and I have understood the underlying bottom current that is going on is typically similar for every client. But everyone believes that I have a unique problem. And then we go with that flow because I don't want to tell the client, no, no, your problems are not different. Yes, you have a unique problem. Recognize it. Ensure that you do. A lot of times I've also found that you have to do a lot of ego management with the customer. Yeah. And that becomes an interesting amount of challenge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Ajay, besides serving clients, ZB is also very active in the Agile community. For example, ZB organizes the Agile and CR event, which is held annually in the Asia Pacific region. Um, can you share with us a little bit about Agile and CR, as well as some of the upcoming exciting endeavors you'll be launching here in North America in the near future? Sure, sure. Now, one very interesting point to discuss here is that why do we do this community service now? ZBA has a core value. ZBA has four core values. And the first, core, second core value of ZBA is share knowledge. Now, that is the core value. And we honestly love to live that particular value. Now, those these values are lived by different mechanisms in the game. One of the mechanisms that we have is we do a lot of community conferences. These conferences are to spread the message, to get all the world gurus under one umbrella so that industry learns from their experiences, industry learns from their success stories or failure stories. And we have been running successfully Agile NCR, which is uh, the premier conference in India, Asia, Pacific for the last 13 years. This year will be the 13th year and we are hosting it on 11th and 12th of November in India. Now, apart from that, we do a lot of other things for the community. For Americas, this year in April, we launched a new brand of conference, which was called Agile Americas. It was a one-day conference held on a live uh, virtual board. Our next conference of Agile Americas would be now, our idea is that because America is such a vast country, the East Coast, the West Coast, and it's difficult to cover because of the itself in, in US itself, you have three time, three to four time zones or three time zones, I would say. So what we are planning to do is we are planning to have two Agile Americas, the Agile Americas East Coast and the Agile Americas West Coast. And one would be done in April and the other would be done in October. So these are two good seasons that we see from the environment and, and you know the weather factor. And our idea is again the same, spread knowledge, get the right people in the forum, 
help the industry learn through experiences, learn through lessons learned, learn through networking and bring the right set of minds into the game so that, you know, as a community, we can grow. So that's something that's going to happen for Agile Americas as we go forward. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds like a very exciting event. There are a lot of events that happen and uh, I'll just give you one very exciting idea. Like this year in Agile America, in Agile India, that we are doing the Agile NCR, we are hosting two very interesting topics. One topic is for and against. Now, what it means is around, I will give you a particular topic. For three minutes, you have to support the topic and three minutes later, you are the same person who is going to oppose the topic. Now, it's not like a foreign against a debate between two people. So when it's a debate between two people, one has a positive element, the other is talking against it. Now, here what we are doing is we are telling the same person for three minutes, support the idea and for three minutes, go against the idea. And both your arguments have to be convincing so much that the end user, the conference guys, the delegates who come in the conference should start wondering, wow, that makes sense. But this is also making sense. What should I be doing? What will work in my environment, my culture? So we are taking up a lot of anti-patterns of agile, which are typically supposed to be taboo but they are very well used in the industry. Like, for example, if I may give you, there could be a topic like Sprint Zero. Now, if you ask a pure agilist, there's nothing called Sprint Zero and it is banned. It is not to be done. But the world and the industry is doing it. So now we are going to have a session where three minutes, someone will be talking why Sprint Zero should be done. And the same person will be talking three minutes later why Sprint Zero is a bad idea. Now, that's one kind of a party in the conference. And this is going to be like eight minute slots. And in 45 minutes to 48 minutes, we are going to have six speakers talk back to back. There's one other element that we are going to introducing this year is called Pechakucha. It's a Japanese word called Pechakucha, which means lightning talks. So in six minutes, you have to cover 20 slides and your slides will auto roll. You will have no control over it and it will auto roll. And after six minutes, you will have to leave the podium because the next speaker will be on the podium. Now, apart from that, there is one more. We are going to do a lot of gamification this year as a part of engaging the audience. So, you know, who wants to be a millionaire on the same concept, on the same theory? We are coming out like who wants to be a scrum master and it will, fo it will follow the same format, the same approaches, like 50-50, flip the question, ask the audience and all that kind of a concepts have been done. So the idea is that we are going to do a conference, we are going to invite people and we are going to entertain, we are going to engage people by different approaches. So it's not going to be one speaker, someone speaking, you're listening to 45 minutes and then you go to the next room to listen. We want to innovate the entire conference. We want to do a radical approach in the conference area so that engagement and learning of the community happens through various means and various approaches. And this year, we are trying out the conference in a live hybrid world. So it means in person, the conference will happen, but we're going to be streaming it live for the world. I'm so looking forward to that. Thank you. So Ajay, how can people connect with you to learn more about Zebia and the uh, exciting endeavors that uh, Zebia is launching? ZBA is there on the social media platform. ZBA is having a website. You know, you could be reaching out to us on the social media platform. We regularly keep on putting a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff which is downloadable, free of cost. We create a lot of collaterals. We create a lot of study material based on our learnings, based on our understanding and all. Like, for example, we have a concept called Agile Cast. Now, that is something that we have put on a YouTube and every two weeks, there is a podcast that goes on Agile. And so far, we have done round about 38 sessions 
since last two, two and a half years, we have done 38 such podcasts in the YouTube. We have also started one more concept called Agile Flicks, where a lot of information has been shared on using Agile. Then we are bringing a lot of industry gurus and we create a lot of write-ups. You know, we ask people to write articles and all, and we have created a concept called Agile Quest. That's a quarterly magazine that comes out on various topics that the industry gurus are writing. Now, all of these are put on the website. All of these are put on the social media and all of these are free downloadable elements. They can reach out to Zebia at our given numbers, the customer care or write to customer care. And someone from our side would definitely reach out or they can reach us via the social media. Someone like me would always get into a response mode and start engaging the world to help them out or to answer the queries or help them understand what exactly they need and how can we solve their problems. Great. And uh, are you uh, accessible on Twitter and LinkedIn? I'm accessible on LinkedIn. Definitely. Great. And I'll post the links in the show notes so people sure. can uh, click on that and get right to you. Right. And we also have a Zebia page. We also have a page called Agile Chapter on the LinkedIn. We have a lot of information, a lot of study material, a lot of engagement material, all the promotions, all the ideas about, you know, the conferences. Like very recently, we are running the entire concept of uh, asking people to call for papers is going on for Agile NCR. We are inviting papers from the audience who would love to come and speak. And then there is a complete industry review panel that is sitting, reviewing the papers and selecting the best speakers. Because at the end of the day, we have a responsibility towards all the delegates who come for the conference for them to get the best knowledge and not to have a repeated show that would happen. And one very exciting thing that we are doing around this year is we are encouraging a lot of female speakers and first-time speakers. We want people who are first-time speakers to come and don the podium so that they can, you know, shed away their fears and anxiety about speaking at a large audience. And we are the guys who are giving them the platform. So that's how, you know, ZBA typically works in engaging the community and reaching out to the community on a regular basis. Wow. Yeah, that is really unique and uh, really special what you're adding to the community. Thank you. Ajay, do you have any parting words of wisdom that you'd like to share with the audience? You know, my only thing that I honestly have is that if we are sincere to do Agile, then follow those 14, you know, the Scrum Guide is typically 14 pages. And to be very honest, out of 14 pages, if I leave the cover page and the indexed and the content page, table of content, it's typically 12 pages. Those 12 pages have to be interpreted in the right approach, in the right manner for us to make some business sense out of it. 12 pages are not too big. And if you implement it right, and what is really required is give that implementation, do the implementation in the true spirit of the game and watch it for three months and then see visible signs of improvement. Now, if you do it the right way, you will get the right results. You know, it's something like this. You know, I can go to a doctor, I can get all the advices from the doctor, but never follow any advice of the doctor. That's not going to give me any benefit. And the best part is I've already paid the doctor his consulting fee. Now, I'm going, getting no benefit out of it. The same analogy, I want to put it in our discussion here, that if the industry wants to really follow Agile, then follow it in the true spirit of the game. Allow all that the Agile or the Scrum Guide is talking about, and then see how you get the results. Now, if you're not getting the right results, then I would recommend that we should be doing some retrospectives, learning what went wrong, and then trying to re-implement rather than saying, you know, oh, you know, guess what? Agile in our organization doesn't work. 
something would have gone wrong or we may have not done it rightly. And that is a element of course correction for us to, you know, do things differently and try out different approaches. And it cannot be one size that fits all. And we cannot be saying, oh, you know, that guy, that organization, my friend in that organization, my CEO of that organization said Agile is working for them. So we also have to do it that way. Well, it doesn't work that way. Every organization is unique and in every organization, every project is different. We have to start understanding the context of the situation and then implement the right kind of approaches for them. There's no one size that fits all. There is no golden spoon. I don't have a golden dose available that you take this and everything will be over. It has to be time tested. And for that, we need to have a lot of patience in the game to allow things to happen. Great. And that is something that Agile requires that kind of a patience to grow, mature and deliver results. Great. Ajay, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for having me. I hope I'm able to provide some valuable ideas and thought processes and information of how the world could use Agile.